at the start of my sort of plant-based journey, I cut out red meat and I did it in, in stages sort of over a year. Just from cutting out red meat is when my sort of tendon really started to, to really go down. And there were so many different documentaries and books and things to find out on the internet that I think once you find out the facts, it's hard to ignore. I was able to sample a lot of different foods and then um, it sort of started to, to go from there really. And um, like you say, I've gone so far down this journey that I know it's right and it's the right thing to do and it's the right where we're heading that ultimately I need to be able to spread that message and 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 let people see the journey that I'm on. I think the good thing is like you say each year each each day things are changing and um, I'm very blessed to be able to have very good food all over the world. Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the PBN Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. Sorry about the long delay, guys. Uh, I've been traveling here in the United States, also with Klaus. Klaus has been at PCRM, which is the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. He's been interviewing some of the top names and thought leaders in the plant-based medical world. I was also attending the Animal Rights Conference, the National Animal Rights Conference over in Washington, DC, which was fantastic, incredibly inspiring, and got to meet all kinds of wonderful people. So let's get on to this week's episode of the podcast. I recently traveled to Wentworth Country Club, which is just west of London, to interview the talented vegan footballer, Chris Smalling. Chris is an English professional footballer who plays as a centre-back for Premium League club Manchester United and the England national team. More recently, he's spoken out about the benefits of the plant-based diet. This is a really fascinating episode with this incredibly talented athlete, who's also joined by the wonderful Jamie Redwood, chef at Wentwood Country Club. Before we begin, I want to let you know about Switch for Good. It is an incredible podcast that is changing lives around the world. The key to living a full, healthy and joyous life lies within the foods we eat and our relationship to these foods. Health isn't accurately measured by the circumference of our waist, nor by how much we can bench press. True vitality is measured by how we feel, not just physically, but deep within. Olympic medalist Dotsy Bausch, together with Baywatch actress and certified health coach Alexandra Paul, take listeners on a transformative journey to optimum health and performance through plant-based eating. On this riveting journey, Dotsy and Alexandra interview expert nutritionists, pro-athletes, innovative thought leaders, physicians, plant-based celebrities. Through shared experiences, you can learn how to optimize your own health and well-being and how to pave a path to a more meaningful life. So let's get inspired and join the Switch for Good revolution. Links to the podcast will be in the description below. Before further ado, let's get on with the podcast. So um, we're here at the uh, wonderful uh, Wentworth Golf Club, a members club as well, really, really beautiful place. We're looking out to some uh, lovely uh, tennis courts. It's a beautiful sunny day. Um, and uh, before we kick off and, and learn about both of you and everything that you're doing, let's start with you, Chris, and talk about your plant-based journey and uh, how did you discover the lifestyle and how did, you know, or how did it discover you? <laughs> yeah, I think um, a lot of it started with my wife. Um, she's already vegan and, and has been vegan for, for maybe four or five years now. So um, that's where my journey really started, I think. Um, she's the the chef of of the family and and she's a very good one as well so um i was able to sample a lot of different foods and then um it sort of started to to go from there really and um when i was having the food and really enjoying it i started to to really look into it myself and and, and educate myself because i knew that the the food was good and then um once i 
started to really read a few more books and I, I discovered a lot of things that um, I needed to make a change. I've heard your wife does a lot of activism as well. She actually does. She does Anonymous for the Voiceless. Is that right? Um, she doesn't, but she is a big um, admirer of theirs, as we yeah. both are. But um, no, I think uh, that is something that we will be involved with for sure. Amazing. And uh, all the kind of like animal side of things and the animal rights side of stuff. Obviously, you've um, you d you talk about and describe yourself as vegan. And, yeah. Um, how do you feel about like the movement as a whole? Like, how do you how do you feel about it as a as a sort of social justice movement when it comes to being vegan? Like, people come into it in lots of different ways, don't they? It's yeah. health, it's nutrition, it's mm -hmm. the environment. But the animal side of things is is it brings in a lot of really passionate people. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think that's ultimately the the turning point for me for going plant based because I think once you've there are so many different documentaries and books and things to find out on the internet that I think once you find out the facts, it's hard to ignore. And mm -hmm. um, now I think I, I found that my taste buds weren't more important than the, mm. the pain of a lot of these animals and, and obviously what comes with that with the planet as well. Mm. But ultimately, um, the welfare of animals is, is what I think um, really stuck stuck home with me. Mm. And obviously when you made this decision, your friends and family, how did they react to it? Did they um, think you were crazy? <laughs> um, yeah, I think a few a few thought I was crazy and you, you get the odd ones about how, you, how you're going to run around on the pitch, where's your strength and, and, and what is being a vegan because um, but ultimately my wife's side, obviously her and her mum were vegan beforehand. So um, I had sort of a head start in terms of that in that my wife and, and the mother-in-law were vegan. So that gave me a a taster but um yeah my mum and brother they were they were new to it and a lot of my friends i think even when i when sam was vegan and i wasn't i had a lot of the questions that i get now because obviously i didn't know much about being plant-based at all so um it's nice to hopefully educate others and and, and start them on their journey mm -hmm. amazing uh let's turn to you jamie mm -hmm. um would you like to introduce yourself and let us know a bit about what you do here? Yeah, so my name's Jamie. Um, I'm head chef at Wentworth. I've been here for three years. So I've kind of got a bit of a dual role. So I'm a head chef and nutritionist, which is based on my background. So I started my career as a chef. I was trained under my father at Wimbledon Lawn Tennis Association, where he was executive head chef. Um, I kind of become really fascinated about the relationship between food and sports performance, um, which led me to go and study nutrition at degree level at Sheffield Hallam University. Um, when I first graduated, I found it very difficult to get a job within sports nutrition. It was quite competitive at the time. So I not so much settled, but I moved more into public health where there was more positions available. Um, I started a role as an obesity nutritionist. So I worked for a private healthcare company for four years. Um, we worked in a multidisciplinary team um, looking after patients on a six-month weight management program. This was all about trying to get them to uh, lose more weight and also change their, their way of life, their, their lifestyle, you know, psychologically increase in exercise. So we had exercise specialists, psychologists and uh, people like myself as a nutritionist. Um, results were good. Um, not as good as we would like them to be. Um, unfortunately, a lot of patients went on to bariatric surgery. Um, my point of view, there isn't a huge amount of uh, studies into the effects of bariatric surgery long term for patients. So, you know, when I had see a patient in year one, you know, when I was still there, it, there was a lot of complications on what to eat and what not to eat. Um, 
came out of uh, working in a clinical setting and started to work in more sports nutrition. Uh, worked for Harlequins rugby team, uh, London Irish rugby team, where I sort of developed uh, meals on training days, post-match and pre-match. And become you know fascinated about how food can improve sports performance and recovery. Um, and kind of basically wanted to bring my clinical and sports nutrition together, as well as my chefing background, which brought me here, I suppose, Amazing. at Wentworth. And here at the club, have you noticed like an increase in demand for plant-based foods and vegan foods? We did, and I would say it was about six to eight months ago. There seemed to be a bit of a buzzword, I would say, probably in Surrey as a whole, mm-hmm. um, which then sort of radiated to the club. Um, we had a lot of members asking myself specifically, you know, are you going to introduce a vegan menu? If something that we talked about as a whole with our executives, I did a lot of work on developing meals that, you know, not just healthy, but tasted good. Mm. And I think that's so important. Yeah, people, there's a lot of perception that vegan meals are boring, that, you know, we all just eat grass. <laughs> yes, of course. And it's, it's come a long way, but I feel that the, the buzzwords kind of fizzled out a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of respond to food trends as much as we can, but I wouldn't say that it's stuck, mm-hmm. for example. Okay, definitely interesting to see those changes. Back to you, Chris. Um, in the last year, we saw you play your 300th game. Yes, yeah. amazing. That's a lot of no, games. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. What are some of the highlights and challenges that you faced uh, as a footballer? Um, I think as a footballer, I think every week is different. I think um, you have so many highs and so many lows. Um, even from when when you're starting out, even when I was a kid, I think you you go to a lot of trials and um, you have a lot of disappointments. And I think one of the ones that really stuck with me when I was about 11 years old and um, had my county trials with Kent, you go to the trials and then you get to the last stage and then there's like 30 of us that are left and you have to ring up this number and it tells you, it tells the squad basically, like of 18 players and um, I didn't make it. Mm. And then obviously as a 11 year old, it's mm. quite tough. You're ringing up this number and then you just, you just disappointment. And then I sort of rang it about four or five times and then obviously broke the news to my mum later. But I think along the way you get so many dis- disappointments mm. and- You've got to be quite strong and tough. Yeah, tough 100%. And I think the next year I was more um, sort of focused and eager and I, and I made it. And I mm. think those setbacks are the ones that really set you up. Um, mm. And even each week now, we, we lose games, we lose finals. Mm. But I think, out of those, they're the ones that make you stronger. And mm-hmm. I think very much it's, it's psychological as much as physical in sport, 100%. Mm. Uh, you suffer from tendinitis. How has uh, switching to a plant-based diet affected that? Do you think it's actually helped you improve? Yeah, 100%. That was one of the, the first um, physical differences that I noticed. Um, at the start of my sort of plant-based journey, I cut out red meat mm. and I did it in, in stages sort of over a year. Um, I didn't really jump into it. I just wanted to make sure that I had all of it, had it, all of it set up. Mm. But then, um, yeah, I, I just, just from cutting out red meat is when my sort of tendon really started to, to really go down. And because mm, each training session I had probably about 20, 30 minutes to get it warmed up mm-hmm. and it took, took a long time and it was really niggly. But then just cutting down red meat really reduced it and then to the point where I went plant-based and I feel it, nothing anymore, which that alone would have been enough for me to to transition Mm. without obviously educating myself on everything else. So um, that was a big, big, big It's all about reducing that inflammation, isn't it? Yeah. Back to you, Jamie, regarding Mm. kind of the meals, like what are some of the challenges that you face kind of preparing 
uh, plant-based meals. I find a lot of the time people associate vegan, vegetarian food as being boring. Mm. Um, I kind of find that a lot of the sort of higher protein foods such as nuts and pulses, people tend not to eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, it tends to be quite an old-fashioned food, I find. Um, so it's about what you can do as a chef um, to develop a meal to taste good. The challenge I've found in the past is being able to ensure sufficient amounts of nutrients and minerals, mm-hmm. um, vitamins, in particular vitamin B12 and iron, yeah. tend to be found in you know meat, fish and eggs. You know, we can find them, you know, nuts and iron is found in nuts and certain vegetables, etc. But the amount you'd have to eat to sort of match that. Mm. Um, we have found that a challenge in the past when I've worked with amateur athletes, especially runners, because without vitamin B12 and iron, they can experience fatigue. Um, but yeah. It's going well. And, and regarding these people that you've worked with, how much, what's the feedback been like uh, from switching to these kind of diets? Feedback tends to be that they, they do feel tired. Mm. Um, you know, as a nutritionist, mm. I tend to aim straight at vitamin B12 iron mm-hmm. as the culprit. Do you mean as in when they first start or just generally like a feedback over the whole process? Or um, I think to begin with, that transition is quite difficult mm. because they're not so much knowledgeable about the diet. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of people um, may feel that it's quite cool mm-hmm. um, because it's a food trend, let's be a mm-hmm. vegan, let's be a vegetarian, but unless you know enough information about mm. where to get your nutrients, vitamins mm. and minerals from, I think it can be quite difficult. Um, and in- people don't eat enough, though, that's the thing. Yeah. On a plant-based diet, you know, because plants are less nutrient-dense as far as calories go yeah. compared to meat, milk and eggs. And that's the biggest mistake I think people make is not eating enough. They yeah. kind of see this m- giant mound of potatoes and they go, oh, that's too much food, not realising actually mm. you need to eat a lot more. No. Yeah, yeah. I, we, you know, definitely found that people at the club that talk to us that mm. when they've um, reduced their dairy intake, mm-hmm. Um, they're less bloated and mm. um, they feel a lot more cu- comfortable in themselves as well so that's really interesting mm. yeah. Amazing. like you say I think I don't see it as much as a diet I think everyone can do different diets and then they tend to be up and down but I think if like you say if you educate yourself it's more like a lifestyle change yeah, than, of course. than necessarily a diet but I do like you say I think you have to be very clued up to to be able to make sure that you've get all the right areas in mm. for sure mm-hmm. and regarding kind of like b- people and being around others who are not vegan or not plant-based what's it been like for you kind of Chris so- socially like going out or with friends or with your fellow um, you know teammates how does how does it work for you socially because vegans and plant-based people do get a bit of a rough ride they do get we do get mocked and kind of picked on for our food choices yeah. have you had anything like that um well, starting off with the club, I think, even with other players, I think they're very curious. I yeah. think some can try and take the mickey, but generally most have been very curious and asked a lot of questions, which and I've had quite a good lot of debates with, with a lot of the players and, and given them different recommendations to try. And Because quite often when we're travelling, um, obviously we have different buffets or different food that the chef puts on, and then obviously I have my own, my own section. And sometimes that section's gone more than say the chicken from time to time depending it might be a curry or type thing and I think it's just nice for for people to try different things and like I don't try to force it on anyone but I think um, if they see you 
be an example and enjoying it, then it's nice to, uh, to have a conversation about um, high choices. Mm, amazing. One of the other big challenges we face when we're on a plant-based diet is uh, getting the right foods when we're traveling. A lot of people say, you know, when I'm traveling or when I'm on holiday, it's a lot harder to get foods, especially ready-made food, foods. What's it been like for you, Chris, when you travel? Do you, is it easy for you to get food that you need and want? Yeah, it is, I think. Um, obviously, being at United, we're very blessed that yeah. The chef will travel with the team Amazing. and then um, obviously wherever we stay in hotels he'll link in with the head chef there and then so I'm very lucky that we play for a club like that is able to do that mm -hmm. but um, even say when I'm on holiday like we've been sort of say Vietnam mm -hmm. and, and, and places like that where you think we might struggle at certain times mm. but actually it was probably the best wow. food that we've ever had so um, I think the good thing is, like you say, each year, each each day, things are changing, mm. and um, I'm very blessed to be able to have very good food all over mm. the world. People are becoming more aware of it. Yeah. And going on to the kind of types of food, what kind of yeah. foods would you prepare, and what kinds of dishes are, are you making uh, at the clubs? Yeah. So we've obviously aware of the food trend, and like you say, it's you know it's getting bigger and bigger in this country, and I think with the members we try to slowly introduce new things mm -hmm. um, because they're very much a um, creature of habit, I would mm. say. Yeah. Um, and when you do take off favorite dishes, you know, you can get some, I wouldn't say negative feedback, mm. but you know, why did you take that off? Mm -hmm. um, since I've been here, they've become a lot better with things like that. But we mainly have our salad bases mm -hmm. as vegetarian and vegan. Mm -hmm. So it actually gives the option to the member to have a vegetarian, vegan um, based meal or they can add animal protein mm -hmm. so you know f say for example we have a falafel dish mm -hmm. where they can add halloumi if they like and mm -hmm. um, we have um, a sort of chicken satay based salad you know they don't have to have the satay they've got the noodles and the the, the peanut and coconut sauce so mm -hmm. you can still get the protein element there mm -hmm. um, I find that's the best way to get the members on my side is mm -hmm. to kind of give them the option um, so they can kind of pick and choose what they, what they, what they wish. How do you feel about meat um, replacers? So like soy-based or seitan, which is a wheat gluten-based uh, meat replacers. There's the Beyond Burger that came out recently, mm -hmm. which looks and tastes like a beef burger. Mm. Um, it even bleeds like a beef burger, okay. amazingly. Like, have you tried any of these kind of meat replacers that try to mimic the taste and flavor and texture of meat? Um, I would probably say the only thing I have tried is the corn range. Okay. Um, there is a couple of members that do prefer their protein from corn, mm -hmm. um, so we do actually stock that mm. for. I think it's two members. Mm. Okay. Um, and they play a lot of tennis. You know, when they're coming off court, you know, they want to, you know, stock up on their protein for recovery. So. Okay. I'll definitely have to send you some some great products that are coming out in the UK. The the surge of uh, plant-based meats in the UK has yeah. just been incredible over the last few years. I think you, Chris, have uh, been trying the, I noticed on your Instagram, a few of the plant-based yeah. meat alternatives. Yeah, there's loads. I mean, each What's your each favorite? Week, oh, I think... Because I think you was at the Meatless Farm, I think. Yes, was it? yeah, the Meatless Farm. Yeah. Beyond Burger Oomph Meat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love seitan as well, tempeh. There's, there's so many different meats, and I think you can, you can. There's so many different, uh, different burgers and sausages, and um, that you can different try. And I think ultimately, I think when people go a bit pl more plant-based, they think they can't have those naughty things at times. Whereas yeah. I feel like if you know you can have your burgers and chips or your pie or whatever you want, mm. that 
obviously 80% of the time you can you can eat healthily but there are so many different options coming out now that every time we go shopping in Sainsbury's there's always something new that we want to try so um, that's the beauty that yeah. I mean aisles are getting bigger there's more and more options it's incredible I mean there's 23 million flexitarians in the UK so these are people who are actively reducing their meat consumption yeah. on a daily basis maybe having like three or four meat free meals a week and so Sainsbury's and Tesco's and all the, the big supermarkets and are responding by producing mm. these because a lot of people assume it's sort of just the vegans but we're actually only one percent of the population okay um so people are actively uh including these foods in their in their diets because they're low fat mm -hmm. uh, low in salt and and mostly kind of just uh, either a wheat gluten or a pea protein mm -hmm. um and some of them are so realistic i mean i haven't eaten meat for seven years so some of them are so yeah. realistic when i've been given them or cooked them i've actually had to double check that <laughs> yeah. it's not actually meat no me and my wife have had to do that yeah. many a times <laughs> Even sometimes, my wife sometimes won't eat it because it's so realistic. Mm. Sometimes it's yeah. um, no, it is crazy. Because a lot of people say, "Why, as vegans, do you want to eat something that looks and tastes like meat if you don't want to eat meat?" Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize is that we, you know, as people enjoy the taste of meat, we mm. don't necessarily want to eat it for the for the cruelty's sake, but all for the environmental sake as well, or for the health sake. So, you know, taste and, and, and pleasure is something that we all love. So yeah. if we can create something that looks the same, tastes the same, has a similar nutrient density, then, you know, why not? Yeah. So, but yeah, um, I was, let's talk about like influencing others, Chris. Um, how do you think you've influenced people in your, on your team um, with your lifestyle change? Yeah, I think, um, I think quite often you try to, to lead by example and how how i am in terms of touch wood i've generally <laughs> been quite injury free um over the last few years and and even different things in the gym in terms of we do a lot of um pbs and different tests in the gym and mm. like a lot of my nordics and doing bike sessions and power output have all gone up so i think the fact that um other staff and other players see that that not only am i surviving as some might say i'm actually thriving mm. and um i think ultimately my recovery is getting a lot quicker because we do um different heart rate monitors and we do different oxygen levels and and everything's just getting better and better so um ultimately i think that's that's mm. that says a lot for for how i am and, and others can see that because ultimately we're all together every day yeah, amazing. And being around these people, Jamie, how much um, do you feel like you've been influenced? Have you are you are you actively reducing your meat consumption, or is it the same? How how is it rubbing off on you? Yeah, I think you know the media has quite a big influence on most of us. Mm -hmm. um, we tend to me and my girlfriend have meat free Monday, mm -hmm. Great. Uh, which is like a first step to reducing meat. I tend to eat a lot of meat, mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I find potentially could give me personally bloating. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely keen. I find that if I'm not massively knowledgeable about a subject, I tend not to try and practice it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just you know a result of sort of studying various things. Mm -hmm. But definitely, you know, listening mm -hmm. that that sounds amazing. That mm -hmm. you know your sports performance can go up mm -hmm. simply from you know changing your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And how are speaking of performance, Chris? How how do you can you measure your performance increase? You said that they use some monitor some devices to monitor your body yeah. and stuff like that have you seen a marked increase in your performance and your abilities yeah i think i have and especially in terms of obviously physically in the gym we have different markers that they do mm. often every week um well not every week say every few weeks mm -hmm. so in terms of leg strength 
upper body strength, um, my endurance, mm. and the fact that my recovery's mm. reduced as well. Because quite often you play a game, and the next day, sometimes you might not sleep too much because of the adrenaline, and then the second day you're often maybe a little bit more sore. Mm. But my soreness has definitely reduced, and I'm able to to recover and 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 go again a lot quicker. And and uh, and it's in the in the tables and the charts that we mm. that we have at the club as well so um that's that's great for me incredible yeah we're seeing so many changes i mean i'm people write to us on almost daily basis here in pbn regarding sport mm. uh, whether they're bodybuilders or runners or uh, gymnasts who are switching to this diet and they're seeing huge increases and the, the main thing that people do it for is recovery time they feel mm. like they their recovery uh, is reduced considerably and uh, that just saves them a lot of time and they're able to sort of get back into the gym or back on the track or whatever much yeah. more quickly. So it's quite inspiring to see. There's actually uh, an incredible film. I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen all of it just yet called The Game Changers. Have you heard about The Game Changers? No, no. Um, and this film is going to include all the sort of top uh, plant-based athletes from across the world. Oh, it was actually supposed to come out this April, but um, they delayed it because they wanted to include Lewis Hamilton, okay. uh, the Formula One uh, race car yeah. driver, um, and get a bit bit behind the scenes in his life. because He's, he's become incredibly powerful passionate about yeah. it and he's gone like level 10 vegan like he's yeah, yeah. sharing stuff about animal rights on his instagram mm -hmm. and talking about you know the suffering of animals but also the environment and stuff and he's become very passionate about it so this film when it comes out it, i'm i believe it will inspire hopefully millions of people particularly the young men because the vegan and plant-based movement is about 85 percent women okay. um, women seem mm. to be much more open to adopting this lifestyle because I think a lot of men are quite afraid to stop eating meat. They're worried they're going to yeah. waste away all these and the muscle mass and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it's true. I think it's ingrained in us from from when we're young in terms of, and no one really likes to do a change unless you really sort of clued up and educated. Yeah. Really, yeah. So. I think you, you know, me personally, I associate a meal with meat, um, and I think you know, listening today about the alternatives, I think is I'd love to actually, you know, try them myself. To actually introduce that into my diet and lifestyle because you know if i see just carbohydrate and vegetables to me it's like where, you know, where's the meat um so yeah it'd be good to understand alternative protein sources i think that's the thing it all comes down to culture and conditioning as children we're taught that meat is the center of our meal and we build the the, the dish around the meat but when we go plant-based we totally change the way we eat and we think about food um, a lot of people don't even realize that m almost all plants contain protein of some form um, obviously they're also wrapped up with carbohydrates and other things as well but also fiber the average British person gets less than 15 grams of fiber um, a day when they're supposed to get at least 30 uh, but when you switch to a plant-based diet you might get 30 40 50 100 you know <laughs> so it that's obviously very protective against cardiovascular disease and all kinds of other illnesses um, but also a plant-based diet has been shown to uh, reverse and stop certain diseases top killers of humans like type 2 diabetes and uh, heart disease as well so there's a lot of fantastic mm -hmm. science and studies out there that are showing this and I think this is why the sort of medical community are actually also getting interested in this as well mm -hmm. uh, doctors we interview so many doctors uh, mostly in the US starting to happen here in the UK who are starting to treat illness with nutrition and medicine because obviously obviously traditionally doctors didn't um, know anything about nutrition mm. at all i think the average doctor might get like four hours or yeah, five hours of training over seven years yes absolutely <laughs> so you know when you go to a doctor and ask about what to eat or 
issues around nutrition, they, um, they, they get the information where we do from our family, our friends, mm -hmm. um, from the media. So it's interesting to see things changing, which is really exciting. Um, I'm conscious of your time. You have to pop off in a minute, don't you? To yeah, go back into go back into the uh, into the works. Yeah. Um, what's the rest of your day look like? You. So we got the ladies' open tennis tournament mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. um, so when they come off court, we're going to greet them with some nice homemade lemonade. Mm -hmm and um, a lovely spread of lots yeah. of colorful salads yeah. um, various different proteins. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, talking about sort of, um, protein from mm -hmm. vegetarian sources mm -hmm. or plant-based, mm -hmm. you know, we have a nice uh, lentil um, quinoa salad Amazing. with beetroot and fennel. So. Sounds delish. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much well, for your time. Well, thank you for joining us. It's really great to have you on Brilliant. the Keep Podcast. Thank I you. will speak to you soon. I will send you some information about those meat replacers. So with regards kind of like working with plant-based brands, um, are there any brands that you're going to be interested in partnering with or you want to partner with in the future to kind of um, push this message using your platform? I think to be honest, I'm, I'm quite open to, to collaborating or, or speaking to quite a few. Um, like one that I'm speaking to Anders Umph mm -hmm. as well and, and quite a few other different brands that just to... It's a great product. Shout yeah. out to Umph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, there's, there's so many so many out there that... Um, that's the one that's actually quite... I think that's the one I was talking about that I made. It's a bit like chicken, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. realistic. Oh, it is. And then you can shred it. And yeah. There's so many different ones. There's, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very open and, and a lot of the brands that... I mean, I've not partnered with too many at the minute, but... I mean, I'm quite, me and my wife are quite open in terms of the different products that we use and, mm -hmm. and, and getting people out there to try and try them. But um, I'm very keen to be able to sort of speak to the people who, mm. who are behind it and, and, and just learning more and, and seeing where potentially I could join in on that journey because I think we're all, we're all heading for that, that direction. We all, mm. want, all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And regarding kind of partnerships and collaborations, you've been involved with Peter. Um, yeah. and the Go Vegan campaign. Do you want to talk yeah, a little bit yeah. about that and, and how that feels to be part of a, a well, which is quite a, a, it's a strong activist message, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. And I think um, I've been speaking to them for a, for a little while and um, sort of helping where we can. But then we were sort of, sort of seeing where we could uh, really get together and, and, and send out a message. And then it was, mm. a, it was a great advert and a great start, really, to be able to, to build build that partnership mm -hmm. together and, um, and and make an influence moving forward but uh, no I really enjoyed enjoyed that and and that um, was really nice to get a lot of feedback from from people that I know but also people that I never spoke to before mm -hmm. and different messages and, and people of people in the street who have just seen it and, um, and and really been took back by it how much interaction do you have on your sort of social media with the public regarding uh, these kinds of lifestyle choices no, a hundred percent fully. I think yeah. Um, yeah, I'm behind um, sort of all of my platforms, and um, we we'll see you get a lot of different comments and questions along the way, and I try to to, to speak to mm -hmm. and get back to as many as I can. But um, no, it's great because you're you're doing these different things, adverts or or whatnot, to be able to speak to them and interact with with everyone. So it's uh, it's great to be able to hear all that feedback back. Do you get any negativity? Because obviously there's a lot of people out there who who want to say things like, oh, but bacon though. And so have you had what they call it trolling? Have you yeah. had trolling? Yeah, 100%. I yeah. think um, you get that, uh, be it with plant-based or mm. with football or mm. with whatever you do in life. I think you're always going to have those people, those 
keyboard warriors who yeah. just want to be difficult and, um, and and just try and cause an argument. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I think it's hard not to rise to it sometimes mm-hmm. because you are so passionate about and, and you're so clued up and educated on what you are trying to get across that when someone who's probably not even tried or even looked into it, it can mm. frustrate you. But mm. I think ultimately you try to just lead by example mm. and then um, and speak with the, the ones who are generally asking serious questions. Mm. And I think we have to be patient with people as well, don't we? I think sometimes yeah. people react uh, in ways that are quite, you know, knee-jerk reaction because they see something that's different. You know, yeah. you've been living and eating one way for, for most of your life and then suddenly you change. People don't like change. No. And they're quite resistant to it. A hundred percent. And I think even when I started to go, um, I was a big me years ago and, and my wife maybe never even thought I would go vegan. But um, I think once you do, like you say, you educate yourself, you open your eyes, I think... And that's why I think some people can go vegan straight away. Like my wife, she just went the next yeah. day she was vegan. Oh, whereas mm-hmm. I gradually did it over a year and mm-hmm. cut out things as, and, and whichever's wherever suits you, because everyone's got their own personal journey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that change is the first few months can be, can be difficult because you are changing your cooking, you're changing mm-hmm. how you prepare food, you're changing how you're seasoning food. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately you, you're probably in the kitchen a lot more and getting used to all the different types of food and spices, which ultimately you're going to, you're going to thrive on after because we i definitely am how do you how do you feel about um kind of like the way the media portrays what we're doing because obviously there's a lot of negativity out there with the perceptions because obviously you know we're passionate people in what we're doing whether it's health or fitness or nutrition or sport um and we want to sort of get the message out in a way that uh, doesn't People don't feel threatened. Mm. Uh, we want, you know, I don't think it's a great idea when people are out there screaming media's murder on street corners. We want to guide and support people in the right way. Mm. So the media loves to paint our lifestyle in a particular way, saying it's extreme and it's kind of like it's uh, over the top. I mean, how do you feel about it when you see these stories in the media? Yeah, if they even acknowledge it mm. or acknowledge a part of it they're almost questioning their own lifestyle and their own choices mm-hmm. which i think most people don't want to do because mm-hmm. it's the easy option to maybe block it out and not look into it but mm-hmm. i think like you say it's it's i think it's far more beneficial when people can have a good conversation and not get riled by it but ultimately like you say when you are that passionate and my wife she's had some comments on her profile and then can drive her crazy and um and it can drive everyone crazy but it's it's a tough one and i think ultimately over the over time it will become the norm i'm sure of that mm. but um i think it's it's ultimately it's questioning people's own lifestyles and ultimately people don't want to look within at the minute and it's easy just to to fire out shots mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely i think patience is a mantra yeah. and also um i always say to my friends is when people attack you or uh, are aggressive on social media or even in real life you don't have to respond no and even though you feel that anger you know when someone threatens your lifestyle or your your questions your life choices you know we mm. don't have to respond and actually sometimes silence is the best yeah uh medicine. no 100% <laughs> i think you need once you've once you are vegan or plant-based, you are, you've done so much along that journey to educate yourself and, and be so certain of your choices mm. that someone who's not even looked into it or tried it, you can just try to just be as headstrong as possible mm. because you know that your choice ultimately is, is the one for you. Mm, definitely. And I think that, there, you know, 
I was thinking about this whole idea of like being different or standing out. A lot of people don't want that. And I think that's the thing. They don't want to be different because to mm. be vegan or to be plant-based, you're different to 99% of the population. Yeah. And it does take a certain amount of courage to say, I'm going to do this, even though like no one else in your team is vegan, right? Yeah, no. You know, no, and just stand up and have the courage to do that. So hats off to you for no. for yeah. having the courage to do that and sticking, and sticking by it. And because uh, there's a lot of pressure uh, for us to not live this lifestyle, to not eat in this way, because everywhere we go, every, there's every billboard. And the irony is people say, oh, but you're forcing your vegan agenda down my throat. But actually, when you go out into the street, yeah, it's, you know, the yeah, opposite, is. which we call carnism. Carnism is the opposite of veganism. Yeah. It's everywhere. You know, there's billboards. It's on the TV. It's in the magazines. Yeah, it's adverts and everything. Trying to encourage you to eat more meat, to eat, drink more milk, to eat more eggs. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of bravery and courage. Even though people don't see it that way, I think it's really yeah. important to acknowledge that. Yeah, and I think ultimately me as a person is not someone who wants to just stand out And because mm. even up to maybe three, three years ago, mm. I wasn't even on social media or anything. Mm. I was generally quite a private person. But I yeah. think ultimately when, like you say, I've gone so far down this journey mm. that I know it's right and mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do and it's the right where we're heading, mm. that ultimately... I need to be able to spread that message and Absolutely. and and let people see the journey that I'm on because homie, that's what's going to inspire people and and get us to where we should be mm. a lot quicker. Yeah, because when you're in the public eye and you're a public figure, you have um, uh, an opportunity really yeah. to to do good and positive things in the world. Other than the plant-based stuff, is there any other charities and organisations that you're involved in that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I think um, one. Um, that's quite close to home is Football Beyond Borders, mm-hmm. which is um, like an education and social charity that uses sort of the power of football mm-hmm. to um, help inspire young people. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that, yeah. along with the founders and, and a lot of the staff there, that is, is sort of started in Brixton. And um, not too long ago, we've now branched out into a lot of different schools in the Northwest as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's thriving. and. Barnabas, the, the homeless charity in Manchester, mm-hmm. which is something um, that for a number of years that we've tried to help along different ways, different raising and sponsors, and um, and they have like they have their base where sort of people who are homeless can go and and, and get some food, etc. But then next door, they've got the sort of the the people who can help them get them off the street and get them on their feet and put them into give them opportunities basically and and look outside of their bubble of of just trying to survive each day so Mm. that's a charity that i like to help a lot Mm. and then one further afield which is which my sam my wife sam is has been a part of sort of long before i met her was share tanzania Mm -hmm. and that's a, a charity sort of over there that really looks after a lot of vulnerable kids who are either sort of left out on the streets, mm-hmm. either lost their mum or dad or, or even have disabilities as well and they do fantastic things. So um no they're charities that are very close to sort of mine and my family's heart at the minute. Amazing sounds like some great initiatives. And uh what's in the future for you now? Where where do we go from here? What kind of things are you getting involved in other than your sport? Um I think other than sport I think it's it's just about um helping people along the journey helping sort of my own journey mm. and, and and helping inspire and and hopefully sort of collaborating and and helping not just promote or even start um 
different brands and different things along the way i'm just mm-hmm. very keen to to get involved and, and and be a part of other people's journeys as well amazing before i let you go i always like to ask my guests uh, three things if i stuck you on a desert island that desert island people always talk about when you're yeah. vegan and you got, it's just you and your pig friend if i gave you one vegan dish uh, a book and a music album what would you take with you vegan dish um very difficult because if I was on a desert island I'd love an Asian banquet <laughs> but um, if I can't have it all what's the one thing that you'd if you, if you could only eat that and nothing else it'd have to be some form of dessert mm-hmm. maybe mango and sticky rice nice I think when I went to Thailand that was something that we pretty much had every day and um, I could live on that for a little bit amazing <laughs> and a book a book ooh I love it, autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anyone that I've maybe not, I'm reading Jeff Bezos at the minute, um, but anyone that's, I can't think of someone, but I'd love, if some sort of autobiography of someone that mm-hmm. I've not, don't know too much about and I'd love mm-hmm. to get to know more. Amazing. And uh, finally, a music album. A music album, I would listen to, um, there's a Jamaican artist called Chronics. Um, his album's called Chronology, and he's someone who I've been lucky enough to meet a couple of times, actually, and um, at one of his concerts, and he, he really speaks sort of the truth, and he inspires people in terms of a couple of his songs and about um, really inspiring everyone, and, and he does a lot of good work in Jamaica as well. Amazing. So um, now he's an artist that me and Sam are big lovers of, us because he really there's so much music these days that don't really speak too much and inspire and he's someone that I could listen to all day. Wonderful. So Chris Smalling, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on the PBN podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. We'll be back next week with more health, fashion, sport, technology, veganism and everything in between.